Today's episode of Found Down is brought to you by Unwound Retreats. Unwound Retreats offers fun events and travel experiences for nurses locally and internationally. Founded by me, Nicole Johnson, ICU nurse and host of the Found Down podcast, I provide opportunities for nurses to practice self-care, learn, and travel together. These last two years have been brutal in healthcare, and why not give yourself the gift to unwind, learn, and grow? Previous guests have loved the experiences, especially because you can just show up and know that everything will be taken care of. Unwound Retreats is offering exciting and luxurious retreats in Morocco and Mexico. Go over to unwoundretreats.com and sign up to get on the email list so you can find out more. Hey there, this is Nicole, the host and producer of the Found Down Podcast. It's August 30th in this overcast day in Seattle, Washington. I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. This is with Emily Chang. She is an ICU nurse turned entrepreneur. She started, she's the CEO and co-founder of the MedVenture app. This is seriously uh, an amazing interview and uplifting. So if you want to be uplifted, you will want to stick around. I just have a few housekeeping things. Some of you have probably been wondering, what's up with my Morocco retreat? Yeah, it's still happening, and we are going to go in seriously like two and a half weeks. Um, So send us your good vibes, and that's through my business, Unwound Retreats. And guess what? We I'm actually going to be doing a nurse's retreat in Mexico, in Sayulita, in March of 2022. So if you want to find out what's going on there, you should go over to unwoundretreats.com and sign up on the email list. And I just want to give a shout out to everybody who has listened to the show, who listens on a regular. Um, thank you for supporting Found Down. I, I said it before and I do mean it. I couldn't do this without you. So you, wherever you are listening right now and driving in your car, going on your walk, um, whatever it is you're up to, thank you, you, <laughs> for listening. I really appreciate it. And um, for those of you out there who haven't done this already, if you want to support Found Down, you can do so by rating and reviewing it on whatever platform you listen to it on. It really does help the show get up the ranks and also helps visibility for people to find it. So thank you so much. And now I want to take a minute to talk about our amazing sponsor. If you're a nurse and if you are wanting to learn and grow your practice, you should definitely go over to NicoleKupchikConsulting.com. Nicole Kupchik, CNS and educator, has a myriad of courses for nurses to help advance their education, like the CCRN and PCCN review courses. Also, she's got a hemodynamic monitoring course, an ABG interpretation course. She has a new emerging pacing course. And there's really, honestly, a lot of courses and books that she has for nurses. Um, She does webinars and Zoom classes. Like She has a um, CCRN class that's just starting this September. But if you want to grow your practice um, and earn some CEs, you can do so by going over to NicoleKupchikConsulting.com. And if you use the coupon code FOUNDDOWN20, you can get 20% off at checkout. So go over to NicoleKupchikConsulting.com and use the coupon code FOUNDDOWN20 at checkout. Alrighty, that should do it. I hope you enjoy this episode with Emily Cheng. 
Welcome to the Found Down Podcast. This is a podcast of untold nursing stories that are sometimes hilarious, dark, insane, and anything in between. As a warning, this show is rated E and is mature in content. It often deals with the reality of life and death and how we as nurses intersect with that on a regular basis. If we laugh, it's not out of disrespect. We love what we do and have every intention of continuing to do so. With that, enjoy the show. Well, hello and welcome to the Found Down Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Johnson, and today I'm so stoked because I'm talking to Emily Chang. She is a travel critical care nurse, turned nurse innovator, entrepreneur, CEO, and co-founder of the MedVenture app, an app to unite traveling healthcare professionals through community resources and tools. Today, I hope to talk to Emily about her nursing trajectory and her burnout story and kind of what led her to creating this really cool business and and launching into that nurse entrepreneurship space. I haven't talked to many people on the show about nurse entrepreneurship, so I'm really excited. But before we do any of that, welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super honored to be here and to share a little bit about my journey. Yeah, I'm I'm so stoked to have you here. Um, how are you? Like, how are you really? I always like to ask my guests that. Yeah, I appreciate that. I feel like so often, like the generic answer is like, I'm fine or I'm good, but it actually doesn't really tell you too much about the person. Um, currently, you know, like with this next surge that's happening, I think one, I'm grateful for my health first and foremost, and that my family are safe. Actually, all my family members and my immediate family actually got COVID throughout these last like year and a half, but luckily everyone's like healthy and okay now, but it just goes to show how close it can get. Um, in addition to having worked in like COVID ICUs and things like that, but of course it hits differently when it's like your personal family. Um, and especially being a nurse, I was pretty, I'm, uh, born and raised in New York. And, um, I was working uh, on the West Coast or across the Pacific Ocean in Hawaii. So it was very difficult to be far away from my family. And I, in this time, um, made sure that I was taking care of myself. That was the best I could do um, for my family and then loving them from afar. And I think definitely seeing this next wave is, is definitely triggering in a lot of different ways. Um, even though I'm not working bedside at the moment, Um, I'm just wishing and hoping to support as many healthcare professionals um, through my app right now. Mm. I want to, you know, when you were talking about how your family got COVID and you're so far away, we know so much, right? Like, how, how do you, how did you keep those? Or maybe you didn't, you know, those, like those flashes, because you know, with COVID, when COVID patients get really sick, like, were you like, oh my God, oh oh my God, I please Mm -hmm. to God, don't let them be admitted to the ICU where you, so that was like part of what you were experiencing. Yeah, absolutely. So my 94 year old grandma got COVID first and then gave it to both my parents. And this was back in this, um, in 2021 March. So a year after everything had started and I was, you know, the entire time I was like, great. It hasn't affected my immediate family yet. And then it finally happened. I was like, wow, this is super close to home. And naturally, I think as healthcare professionals that 
know the trajectory of how this is going to go or potential trajectory. I made sure I was the point of contact. I made sure, you know, care didn't fall through the cracks. My grandma did have to go to the hospital. And fortunately, she actually went to the hospital that I used to work at. So I was able to reach out to my network to get extra eyes on her and make sure, you know, things were um, as good as possible, but it was difficult because they weren't at the time letting visitors come in. So not even my mom can come in. And I was like, should I fly home? What is the point if I can't even be there at the bedside? And so, you know, knowing as a nurse, how difficult it is already to be managing COVID patients, I didn't want to be overwhelming the nursing staff and everything like that, but I wanted to make sure she was getting the best care that she can get. So, um, it was interesting to be on the receiving end um, of healthcare and being like on the other side of everything, you know, I'm like super grateful for the care that she got, but, um, I definitely was a little bit of the helicopter (laughs) family member (laughs) to make sure that she was okay as well. Um, and there's a lot of cultural and language barriers. Um, my mom's side of the family comes from Taiwan. And so, and my grandma's very hard of hearing. And I actually, by the time I had gotten to video chat with her was two, two, days into her stay and she didn't even know which hospital she was at. And I was like, wow. Okay. I mean, you don't even know where you are. Um, and she's, she's totally, you know, mentating fine and everything. It was just probably, she didn't understand or hear correctly. And, you know, things happen so fast in the hospital and it just goes to show, you know, how important it is to have family members and to take the time to explain things. And I understand how, fast things can happen in the hospital. So um, definitely really stressful and anxiety producing, but I think at the end of everything, you know, I'm happy that they're all healthy and was able to come out of it um, unscathed. Um, you know, that's great. <laughs> that's so great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's obviously the best circumstance that you would ever want. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this is a tangential thing, but uh, you know, I, as much as we as nurses sometimes think it's difficult to have family members at the bedside, depending on what's going on. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of having family at the bedside because of exact experiences like this. And, and I think, you know, things get lost and people just do so much better when their family members are there, you know? Um, and so, um, anyway, kudos to you for being able to FaceTime with your video chat with your grandma and, um, help sort of get her the best care that she needed. Cause that's, that's not easy from, from far away. Absolutely. So Emily, I want to know a little bit about your nursing trajectory. Um, when did you become a nurse and can you give, can you walk me through a little bit of what that your trajectory looked like? Yeah, absolutely. So I have been a nurse for six years. Um, I graduated from a state, um, Stony Brook University, which is a state school here in New York on Long Island. And right out of graduating, I started a critical care um, fellowship program in one of, actually, I think we're the biggest hospital system here in New York. And so I was hired into technically a cardiothoracic ICU. Um, and it was a year long program. It's three months of didactic, um, kind of like simulation labs. And then you have three months of preceptorship and then you have six months of being on probation. And so I was doing that at a pretty big, um, facility here. And then I 
But at the time, this hospital system was trying to specialize, like each hospital is trying to specialize in like cancer research or like being the Mm -hmm. cardiac center, neuro center. And so even though I was hired into a cardiothoracic ICU is mostly cardiac cases, they had moved all the open heart surgeries to our sister hospital. And so I did that for a little bit over a year and then um, got a good foundation in nursing and actually got recruited over to the open heart ICU um, after about a year. And then I stayed there for a year and a half and it was the trauma one center. We got um, a month before I actually left for travel nursing, they started the um, open heart transplant program at our hospital. So we did every single device you can ever think of. It was great experience. Mm-hmm. And I always view it as my golden ticket into travel nursing because I could really do anything with the experience that I had at this like trauma one center um, program. And after I think it's like exactly a year and a half into being on that unit, I knew that I was going to leave for travel nursing. I knew that since nursing school. As soon as I learned about travel nursing, that was my goal and my trajectory. So as soon as I got enough experience, I left. Um, I went all the way to California for my first assignment. I was like, go big or go home. (laughs) (laughs) And I um, started my first assignment in Napa, California at this community hospital, which was, of course, such a change from a teaching trauma one center. And I was like, wow, this is shock to the system. You know, you have like different (laughs) resources and everything, but it really gave me so much perspective um, as far as the nursing care, the staff, how everything functions. Um, And for a community hospital is actually really sick. And it was more of a MICU um, open heart ICU. So got really good experience there, stayed for a couple months. And then I went hopped down to San Francisco to try to get more open heart experience at another CVICU. And so I stayed in California for 10 months and then I popped up to Seattle, um, did a contract there. And then I experienced burnout for the second time. Uh, The first time was right before I left for travel nursing. It was the reason why I wanted to leave to see what other hospitals were like. And I actually took three months off of nursing and I thought I didn't even know if I wanted to be a nurse anymore. Um, And just, you know, healed myself and did things that brought joy to me. And I went back to travel nursing and what I call like nursing unicorn jobs. I kind of like coined the term of doing something outside of traditional bedside nursing. And I was able to find a travel job that was an ambulatory surgery, GIGU, which is so not my specialty or (laughs) experience, but it was the first time in nursing that I experienced low to no stress pre- pre-shift, during shift, and then after shift. I didn't even know you could not be stressed from nursing. It was the polar opposite (laughs) of what I experienced in CBICU. And I am so grateful for that experience. And then COVID happened. So I actually went back to ICU because I was hearing from all my friends in nursing school in New York with how terrible it was. And I just, I've never felt the same type of calling that I did at during that time, I was like, I have the knowledge and skills I need to help, even though we don't know what's happening with this whole COVID situation. So um, I worked as a COVID ICU nurse um, for about a year. And then just in January of this year, I took um, a step back and I've been working full time with MedVenture app. So when you stepped back in January, were you in a place where you felt like you were burnt out and you stepped back or were you like, I'm going to I'm going to become an entrepreneur and start my own business. Mm -hmm. Or was it both? Was it hand in hand? It was definitely hand in hand. I think me going back for 
COVID into the ICU wasn't because I missed it. It was because I felt like it was like a humanity call. I was like, wow, if I have the knowledge and skills, like I got to, you know, like get down in the trenches and help out. um, And we need more hands on deck. But within a week, I knew I didn't want to do this anymore. I was just like, okay, I'm just trying to like help out as much as possible. Um, But when I, so I had worked in Seattle and then I went to Oahu And after I did that crisis contract, I knew for sure I was so burnt out because it took us, we've been working on MedVenture for about two years now and building a business and launching an app as well as working as an ICU nurse during COVID times. I just, you know, my health and my wellness went to the wayside as with, I think most of us, because we were just in survival mode for so long. And I knew that after Oahu, I was ready to recenter myself. And I always call it coming home to myself every time I feel like I've drifted a little too far away and put myself on the back burner. And I kind of, I didn't know how long I was going to do that for, but we were also starting to do tech accelerators and we were about to launch our app. And I kind of just knew that I needed to recenter myself so that I can show up fully with MedVenture app. So it was a combination of everything. And I think, you know, I was burnt out already before COVID and that's why I took the outpatient assignment. Um, But it really definitely accelerated everything um, with COVID. Before we get into your business, um, what is it or what was it? I mean, I, I'm an ICU nurse. Um, I, I think I might know, but mm-hmm. for you, when you're like, oh, you knew within a week it was maybe not, not for you, like not for long-term, mm-hmm. what was it about it? Is it, is it the stress? Is it just the like chaos, uh, you know, the death more? I mean, mm-hmm. do you, do you mind just delving into that for a little bit? Absolutely. I love being really open about my burnout journey just because I think it's, uh, historically been very frowned upon if you talk about, you know, the stressors of ICU and critical care. And I almost think there's this very um, glamorized side of critical care and ICU. And there's a lot of pride that comes with being an ICU nurse naturally, as we should. Um, but at the same token, I think we forget that we are also human beings first before we are nurses, especially in critical care. And so now I've experienced burnout three times. And the first time I had a glimmer of it was when I was working here in New York, right before travel nursing. And at that time I had learned that initially the reason why I felt so much misalignment was because of the moral and ethical issues that I was having. And I felt like I wasn't helping as much as I wanted to, or maybe in the capacity that I wanted to with my patients. And then the second time around, I think I I was experiencing both, you know, compassion fatigue leads to burnout. And I think the second time around when I was in Seattle, I was getting really short with people. You know, I was like projecting onto my friends and my family and I had to take a step back. I remember the exact moment of when I was like, wow, I really need to take a step back. Um, I was taking care of this patient that was on C. diff isolation and they had asked me if I can get them a different flavor of yogurt when I was in that room, like every five minutes cleaning this patient up, trying to get them from the chair to the bathroom. Yeah. It was, you know, that whole process. And I was 
so frustrated that he was asking me for a different flavor of yogurt. And I stepped out of the room and I was like, you need to check yourself. They are, I always try to put myself in my patient's shoes. And I was like, that flavor of yogurt, it's not even about the yogurt. It's like sense of control and comfort for them. And if I, I, I realized that me getting frustrated and short with them, that was not how I wanted to show up as a nurse because, you know, I don't know what it's like to be in their shoes, but I can only imagine how, you know, that loss of control, that vulnerability, how frustrating it is to be in the hospital. I understand all of that. And I was like, okay, I think it's time for me to take a step back because I'm not able to have that same type of compassion that I normally um, have for patients. And then this time around, I think it was definitely, you know, dealing with the amount of mortality that we were facing. Um, I already know that as nurses, I always say like nurses face like death and disease so much more than of course, like the general public. And even though death is a normal human experience, the amount of death that we experience is not a normal um, amount for a human being. And if we don't cope and if we don't process through that, it can really eat away at us. And so I think, you know, I'm a really big proponent for mental health and being very open and vulnerable about this. Um, because if you don't move and process that energy, you just suppress it. And I always say like, you feel it now or you feel it later. It could be like 10 years down the line and you're like lashing out on someone <laughs> and you, if you get to the root of it, you're like, Oh, I never processed all that hurt. And, you know, recognizing that, you know, the patients we take care of, they could be your family members. They could be, you know, our loved ones. And, um, to me, nursing is the closest to humanity. Um, we see people at their sickest and their most vulnerable. And I think as nurses, it's such a privilege to be at people's last breaths when we can try to, you know, help them with preserving as much dignity as possible at the end of their lives. Um, but I definitely feel like what was most unfair about the pandemic was not being able to have their family members at the bedside. You know, the number of times I had to hold an iPad for their family members to say bye to them. You know, of course, it's it's so hard to emotionally carry that with you when you're like, this isn't fair. Um, there's so many different emotions that come with that. And yeah, I think at the end of the day, I was like, I want to help people, but I also need to help myself in that process. And I was hitting a point where I was like, I don't think this is serving me in the way that I want it to. And I want it to be a mutually like I can serve people and then vice versa, this career, this pathway can also serve me. So those are kind of the things that I've learned along the way through going through burnout. Um, and for me, it's always been taking a step back, being able to process everything and heal so that I can move forward. Cause I think for me, suppressing has never been, you know, every time I try to do that, it always sneaks up on me and I'm always like, Oh, Oh yeah. I needed to process this. And I just have it. <laughs> There's this, I haven't read the book, but it's, um, the body keeps the score. And, and one of my friends, uh, who's a breath worker, she, um, says that we, and we carry all this stuff inside of us. Yep. And so like you said, you know, what is it? What'd you say? Come out, it'll come out now or, or oh, later. feel it now or feel it later. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Yeah. That is so true. And, um, something else you said that I've been thinking a lot these days is yeah, we're a hu human first nurse second. That's so great that you're honoring yourself mm -hmm. and recognizing your, in you that, you know, like you said before, also like maybe you weren't in alignment or there was like 
you know, you needed to get back to being in alignment. Right. And sounds like that obviously is this new venture that you're doing, mm-hmm. which isn't, I guess, new at all because you've been working on it for a couple of years. Um, and thank you so much for being so vulnerable. I know that there are a lot of listeners who are listening, will listen to this episode that will, re- there's so much of what you just talked about that resonates so deeply. So I truly appreciate you opening up about that. Um, so let's talk about MedVenture. Um, how did you start that? I mean, it's you and another friend. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm missing his name off the top of my head. Um, but he, do you mind talking about that story, about your journey? So MedVenture app came from, as with, I think a lot of innovation and, and like solutions is a problem. So it was a very personal one to me. So um, when I was travel nursing in San Francisco, I was about six months into my journey and I was loving it, but I was also in conjunction to loving this new experience, also experiencing really bad loneliness. I wasn't homesick, but I was just trying to find community. I was like, where are the people who are also doing this? It can be a very isolating experience because the majority of people who do traveling healthcare do travel solo um, to places where they don't have support systems, friends and family. And unless you meet people at orientation or happen to make friends with your coworkers, there's so many variables as far as like how you find community and there wasn't a centralized place for it. And so I actually was doing a mentorship at the time with my good friend, Kat Golden, the owner of Nurses Inspire Nurses. And I was in her first cohort of her um, mentorship at the time. And at the time, I wanted to process my nursing burnout and wanted to find a trajectory for that. But it ended up snowballing into why I love the traveling healthcare community so much. And at the time I was like, yeah, I'm like a little frustrated. Like, why can't there be one centralized place for us to figure out where we are and share our experiences? And she was like, well, why don't you create something? And at the time I was like, yeah, maybe I'll like create a website or something. And I was sitting down with a friend who's not in healthcare. And he was like, well, why don't you create an app? And I was like, an app? I I don't even know where to start with that. It feels so (laughs) overwhelming. I am a nurse. Where do you, what? Um, So I sat on the idea for about six months. And then I went to TravCon in 2019. And that's where I met my business partner now, my co-founder, Ryan Cogdill. And he, at the time, had so much traveling experience under his belt. I think he had six, seven years under his belt. And at the time when I was doing customer discovery and trying to validate even if this idea was going to be you know, wanted in the community. He was actually the first person I spoke to just to validate the idea. And by the end of the call, he was like, I'm ready to invest. And during the call, he was like, where are you in your journey? I was like, actually, I was doing some reflecting this week and I'm actually looking for a co-founder because I know that I won't be able to do this alone, or at least I don't want to. And so, yeah, at the end of the call, he was like, I would love to invest and I would love to be your co-founder if you're open to it. I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's do this. (laughs) So from then on, so that was in November of 2019. And then ever since then, we've just been uh, full speed ahead with the project. So yeah, it's been definitely a super big journey. And I think, um, I mean, I have endless lessons of what I've learned. Um, but I will (laughs) say, you know, like Google is definitely one of our best friends. And then also the power of networking and finding people who have been in your shoes and learning from them has been super powerful. Um, 
in, you know, learning about their journey and then what resources they've used and then also being accelerators. Um, But I will also say reaching out to people is very helpful, but also at the same time, you know what's best for your business and everyone's going to have so many conflicting opinions. So I think that's been really hard for us to sift through, you know, like everyone's telling us different things, which one do we listen to? And at the end of the day, we know what's best and maybe, yeah, maybe it's not the best business decision, but we know what feels right for us. And then we'll just learn. Um, I think a lot in entrepreneurship is like failing fast. You just keep experimenting and, and then you'll figure it out along the way. You're like, okay, well, I didn't die. That that's fine. Exactly. Okay, well, we just we, and also, you know, I think this is interesting. I think people care way more about themselves and and their thoughts and opinions. You know, so like, what they're not paying attention as much to, like your failures as much as we think. Like, oh God, you know, like this thing didn't whatever whatever didn't maybe land as well as I wanted to. Not that that's what happened for you at all, but like. Mm-hmm. It's just an important lesson I've learned personally where, you know, you just just try and try again and everyone's really wrapped up in themselves. So, yeah. Just, and I think as is, nurses, sorry to cut you off, but no, no, please. I think as nurses, you know, especially ICU nurses, we're such perfectionists, right? We don't want to do, we're scared to like make the wrong move or do things not perfectly. And I think I've had to really, I'm continually working on my perfectionism and being like, it doesn't have to be perfect for you to do it. Even our like MVP, our first version of the app was definitely not perfect. But I was like, if we waited for perfect, it would never go out. I just need to, we needed to release it, get the feedback and then reiterate, reiterate, reiterate. And that's the best way that we can improve. It's not about like putting out this perfect thing because you will never have a perfect thing then. <laughs> right. When, when did you first launch it? Yeah. So we actually launched the middle of January of this year. So we're still really young um, and we have over 3,300 users. That's so exciting. Yeah. It's been a pretty fun journey. Um, You know, for the longest time, especially like walking away from bedside for an undetermined amount of time, I felt, you know, I was holding on to so much guilt and shame, especially like walking away in the middle of the pandemic. But what I realized was every day I could support two patients, but with my app, I can support thousands of healthcare professionals that don't have the support. Like how have we seen during this pandemic that healthcare professionals don't have support? And I was like, we need this support. And I was like, I I feel like my impact is even bigger by working on this app to make sure that the community has each other to support one another during this difficult time. 3,300 people. That is insane. And that's amazing also. But like to think in less than eight months, essentially, right? Or around Mm -hmm. eight months, you've created this community. They're connecting with people. I'll never forget, Emily, there was a travel nurse who was on my unit one day. I may have talked about about this on the show if I have. Sorry, guys. But there was this travel nurse and she, she unfortunately, I think, got a shit assignment in it. And it wasn't it wasn't on purpose. I think, you know, sometimes like patients fall apart. If you have two patients, they were like both falling apart at the same time. And, and, um, she was just like really overwhelmed, understandably. So we were pitching in, trying to help, blah, blah, blah. And then she just like broke down, like broke down, like way, way broke down and was like, I don't, I don't have any friends here. I don't know anybody. I keep getting floated to every different unit. And I'm, and, and like, I, I'm just, just so alone and, and just was just bawling. Yeah. 
And I was just like, oh my God, you know, like, um, just, I thought about that loss of community Mm -hmm. that nurses have who travel, you know, um, and to go into a new place. And if you're maybe, I mean, it just sometimes can be so hard if, if it is so busy, it's so crazy. Like, how do you get connected to people and Mm -hmm. you're helping solve that problem? Yeah. I mean, it really is like coincidental if you happen to, you know, jive with someone at orientation, but some like on my first assignment in Napa, I was the only day shift traveler. And then there was someone on night shift, but she made it very clear to me that she didn't want to be friends. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I got to figure out (laughs) who I'm going to be friends with. Oh no. I was like, that's fine. You want to do your own thing. That's totally fine. But, um, yeah, sometimes you're the only person or it's really hard to find and, or you get floated. And so it's hard to build rapport with the people you're working with when you're constantly getting floated to so many different units. I've definitely had that experience too. And so, yeah, I just, that, um, and as travelers, we're just constantly in this transition state. And so of course, it's going to be this like massive stressor on you constantly. And I think, you know, having that support system be like, I know what it's like to move to a new place. You don't even know where to get groceries, where to go to the gym, where to go hiking. Um, But it's okay, because I'm in this with you is so monumental and like such a sense of comfort. So how does the app actually work? Like if I were to download it, and if I was a travel nurse, or actually I read, I don't even have to be a travel nurse. I have to be maybe mm-hmm. thinking about travel nursing if I want to get the app, right? But how does it, how do I connect with folks um, on the app? Yeah. So we highly encourage, even if you're thinking about travel nursing or you've been a travel nurse and now you have, you know, planted roots somewhere, we encourage the entire community to come together because especially our niche, we're so willing to help one another um, out. And we're such a, family, tight knit family. And we really like to empower one another. So I really encourage anyone to just jump on the app and help each other out. But, um, so you, you download the app, it's free on both Android and iOS, um, app stores, and you create a profile. You'll be prompted to create a profile first and you set everything from what are your common interests to what's your current location, what are your past hospitals that you've worked at, where are you currently working? Um, all those details. And then it'll prompt you to who you'd like to be, um, matched with. It's not, it kind of looks like a dating app, but it's not. I mean, if you want to use it for that, go for it. We've actually had a lot of stories of people dating off of the app, which is great. Whatever connection you want to make, feel free to find it there. Um, but then you, uh, will set your radius as far as how big of a radius do you want to find other people? So you could set everything from 10 miles, 25 miles to the entire state. Cause sometimes maybe you're in a state that doesn't have too many travelers like Wyoming or, you know, somewhere in the middle of the country where there aren't as many hotspots for travelers. So I strongly encourage people to set their app to the whole state just to see who's around you. And travelers love to just drive to places and meet up with them. So um, then you do that. And then we have five functions. It'll prompt you to our um, homepage and we have five main functions. So the first one is meet people. So it's based on your current location and your common interests. And then the second one is meetups and events. So you could attend or you can host your own. And then we have discussion boards. So it's broken up into three categories, things to do, eat and drink and housing in every single city in the United States and U.S. territories. We have Guam represented on there, Puerto Rico. And then we also have 
rating and reading facility reviews. So one of the scariest things, I honestly think this is one of the most valuable parts of the app is that getting an assignment offer to a certain hospital is great. You know, the pay package, everything, but you don't know what the acuity of the hospital is, where it's located, what's the friendliness of the staff that's there. And so when we designed this, we kind of brought together Airbnb meets Yelp, but for facilities so that past travelers can really empower other travelers um, to know what to look forward to and being a, not a good mindset walking into assignment because that's so anxiety producing not to know what to expect. And so mm-hmm. we have that available. And I think that's been the most, we have over 500 reviews on there for hospitals all over the country. And so I really think that's such an empowering tool for travelers to use. And I also think one of the most um, enlightening things about me going to TravCon was learning that traveling healthcare isn't only travel nursing. That's all I knew before I went, but there's dozens of other traveling healthcare professionals that can travel. So everything from sonographers to CNAs to MDs, there are so many different professions that can travel for work. And I think that's the most fascinating thing, but there wasn't anything that was uniting all of us. It felt like it was very fragmented. You know, there was nursing, there was therapists, and then there was allied and then locum tenens, but nothing was bringing us together when we're all, we have healthcare and traveling as our common ground. Why don't we, you know, join forces to be able to excel and enjoy this journey together? That is so fun. Do you, are you sometimes like on the app and you're like, Oh my God, this is so great. Like this has happened or this has happened or these people met or that, you know, like you, you and Ryan, mm-hmm. was it Ryan created this, that thing that didn't exist before. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. I mean, is- when we get messages of like, Oh, you guys like helped me find my traveler friend in the city. And now, you know, it's, made a world's difference because it definitely makes a difference to have someone to adventure with or to cry with if you're having a bad shift or anything like that. It makes all the difference with whether you had a good traveling experience or a bad traveling experience and potentially if you continue to travel or you don't. And so when we get messages like that, whether it's them tagging us in a post on a hike or we get like emails, I'm like, wow, it's really working. It's really like bringing people together. And it just, you know, this is why we do what we do. And I think especially now during this new surge, I think people are definitely experiencing like PTSD, definitely a lot of old things in the last year and a half are coming up for them. And I think, you know, we we're on a certain trajectory to launch the app and we actually accelerated it because we knew that this community needed to find one another, especially when they're far away from home or maybe don't have the capacity to go home and want to keep the families and friends safe. And they're working and feeling a different type of, or maybe a different level of isolation that no one's ever experienced before. And so, yeah, I definitely feel like, you know, even on the hardest days, I'm like, I'm able to help I'm able to show up in the capacity I am because I know that this is helping so thousands of other traveling healthcare professionals find one another in a time that's so needed. That is awesome. I was just thinking of this song. I think it's like people needing people, or I don't know what yes. it is, but it's like, <laughs> like you're creating this, um, for folks. Cause I mean, we do need each other, right. And we do need community and there is something to be said for community does help having a good community and network does help prevent Mm -hmm. burnout. And, um, and those relationships are so special. 
what do you think the future is of the app? Do you guys like, have you thought about the app beyond the app or is that under wraps? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different directions that we want to take it and we want to, I think what we realize in entrepreneurship is like, we want to be able to master something before we spread ourselves out too thin. So we definitely have thoughts of like, what if we went internationally, there's travel nursing in Canada, in Abu Dhabi, in Australia, New Zealand, it'd be great to be able to go international. And like, what if we could do an exchange program? There's so many different things that we would love to do. But I think first and foremost, we realize that we have to be able to nurture and grow this community that we have in the U.S. first. And so that's what we're really doubling down on right now. And we would love to eventually be the one, like the one-stop shop that you can find your community, your housing, your job market. Like we would love to be the place that you can find everything. And so... Mm you know, it's really hard to say like what the timeline is going to look like. Of course we have like things in our head, but as with anything in life, you have a timeline and then COVID comes in and says, Nope. Oh yeah. (laughs) So, you know, we have like our intentions for everything, but first and foremost, we just want to make sure to be able to best support our traveling healthcare professionals. And right now community is the number one thing. So yeah, those are kind of our future plans, but we'll see where the wind takes us. The future is bright, though. Absolutely. So bright. Get your sunglasses on. I'm sorry. I'm being <laughs> such a dork. <laughs> As you said that, the sun actually, I feel like, came on a little bit stronger. It was perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so great. Gosh, what would you say to somebody who wants to be a travel nurse? Do it. <laughs> and I know that sounds so generic, but... Ryan and I always say this, it was the best decision of our lives. And yes, it's so scary, but I think what helps is tapping into this community. That's so welcoming that everybody is just has their own journeys that they're so willing to share as far as like how they grew professionally, personally, I feel like I've accelerated so much as a person in the last three years. I don't even recognize the Emily that left New York three years ago. And I'm so grateful for that. It's taught me everything from like life lessons from like romance to dating to family to friends to handling failures and challenges I feel like it makes you so resilient as a person because you do go through these things that you don't even think about um, and everything in nursing from floating and how do you handle that and from cancellations or whatever it may be it makes you way more resilient I don't even think I don't think I would be on this entrepreneur path if I didn't become a travel nurse because it really helped me show that I can handle challenges and that I have the courage to do things and it's helped me with increasing my I guess my tolerance for risk <laughs> I'm very I'm I used to be a lot more risk adverse and now I'm like bring on the risk you know it's never not been worth it at this point um and trying anything once I always just try everything once and if I don't like it cool that helps me pivot in a certain direction I think especially in nursing maybe in the broad sense you know if we don't like what we're in we look at all our options and we get analysis paralysis and we're like mm-hmm. well we don't want to pick the wrong one, but they're not, there isn't a wrong one. It's like you pick a direction. If that doesn't work for you, at least, you know, now you could pivot a different direction. I think we're really scared to waste time or resources. And I don't, I don't know. I I think my mindset is just, yeah, maybe I could have taken back that time, but you wouldn't have known if you didn't go down that path. It just helps you pivot in a different direction. So I really think that even in travel nursing, you know, I think the stereotype is you have to be single and 
not have a home, not have a family. I've met so many people who have families in different situations. I'm not saying it makes it, it definitely makes it logistically harder, but I don't think it's impossible. If this is a journey that you want to take, and if it's sitting on your heart for a long time, you've always like thought about it. It's always been on the back of your mind. I think you owe it to yourself to try it because I always just, I know, I don't know if maybe this is a little morbid, but I always think about when I'm on my deathbed, I'm not going to be thinking about all the things that I like regretted doing. I'll probably be thinking about all the things I didn't try out. And so I, I always just urge everyone to just try at least one to two assignments. And if you don't like it, your home job will always be there. I think we've seen in the healthcare system, the need for nurses will always be there and, you know, definitely leave your home hospital, um, as gracefully as possible make sure to keep up that rapport. But I think everyone owes it to themselves to try it once in their lives, whether it's in the beginning of their career. I know people who do it for retirement, even, you know, their partners, maybe not in healthcare, they buy an RV, their partner does something on the side or just enjoys the journey with you. And then you can travel nurse. I think it's with any situation, you can make it work if you really want to try it out. That's really inspiring. And it makes me want to think about what can we, for those of us who are working at the bedside, who have not traveled, what can we learn from our fellow travel nurses? Oftentimes we are the ones that help our travel nurses out because Mm -hmm. we're like the safety net support system. But I think there's something great about nurses who travel because they, they have to have so much flexibility and you have to be like, just like willing to just go with it and run with it. Like, what do you think we can learn from travel nurses? Hmm. I mean, I think first and foremost, I just want to say without nice staff nurses, that also makes or breaks a travel experience. I've definitely been on the receiving end of maybe not so nice staff. And I know it's usually not anything personal. It's usually, there's this weird like animosity sometimes when you walk into a hospital and it's like travelers versus the staff. And it just is a little mind boggling because I've been on both ends of course. And I always just think, you know, like granted everyone has their own intentions when they go into traveling. But for me, my mindset is like, I'm here to help out. And I know that the money issue is a big um, stressor between staff and travelers. But at the end of the day, I would never want any animosity to come in between how we care for patients. Cause at the end of the day, that is my most important thing is patient safety and patient outcome. And we're here for one sole reason. It's the same thing I view as far as like the interprofessional ecosystem of, you know, doctors and whatever. I don't really see a hierarchy. I think we're all just part of this same goal of trying to get this patient better. And so I kind of view that in that same way. But I think what the biggest lessons that I've learned in travel nursing is, you know, there's so much politics that we're able to bypass as travel nurses. And I really cherish the fact that staff nurses are there to make sure that there are some policies that are held But at the same time, I think, honestly, there's just so much bullshit in the whole healthcare ecosystem that there are things that are super important in terms of, oh, we titrate this in a certain way. I understand that's a patient safety thing. But as far as like, oh, make sure you 
have like documented this in a certain way or like triple double documented. Yes. Like cover your ass. But at the same time, there are things that are super important, but there are other things that are just annoying and not as necessary. (laughs) And so I think it's really helped me hone in on what's truly important in nursing. And then what's just, what are we just like complaining about just to complain about, you know, there are things that are patient safety and nursing safety Um, but then there are other things that are really just bullshit. I think we're just wasting time, honestly, and energy. (laughs) Pick your battles. Exactly. Um, this, we didn't, um, I didn't talk to you about talking about this, but for, since you're in the nurse entrepreneurship space, what would you say to anybody out there who's wanting to start a business or who, I don't know. Yeah, I think. First and foremost, if something is sitting on your heart for a long time, I think, again, with the travel nursing uh, advice I gave, like you owe it to yourself to try it. I think any idea, I think so many people came up to us when we launched MedVenture and said, oh, I had such a similar idea, like dozens of people. We know we weren't the first people to think about this, but we're the first people to take action. I think so often we have such a great idea and then we don't take action on it. And then it just, you know, goes into the, <laughs> your mind, the back of your mind for yeah. years, and then it just disappears. And it's not to say, you know, the reason why is because it usually is a lot of work and dedication and, um, that's really hard. But at the same time, I think if something's sitting on your heart for a long time, I think you owe it to yourself and all the people that can benefit from your solution to your problem. I think now being in like the entrepreneur space, I see problems all the time that I'm like, okay, I see a problem and I maybe used to complain about these things, but now I want to figure out solutions for them. And so I literally will write down like solutions, potential solutions for problems that I see now. Cause I'm like, I can either complain about it or I can try to do something about it. And I think that we need more nurses to create solutions. Like how often do we see like electronic systems or devices that don't work for nurses is because they're not created with the nurse in mind. They don't have nurses at the forefront of creating this invention or this solution for nurses. And so I do highly encourage more nurses to go into the startup realm, into business entrepreneurship, because things are not working for us. And I think nurses are way more we're so resilient. All our skills are very transferable to entrepreneurship. Like how often do you have to figure out a solution for a problem that doesn't work for us? Like how many workarounds do we need on a daily basis to get, make things more efficient? You know, I was just, um, in MRI with the COVID patient the other day Mm -hmm. and like, it was, it was a tough experience. I will say we learned a lot and guess what? We I was like, here's an idea. I think we should do this X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. Before we ever go, go down to MRI again, you know, because it there, but anyway, just like you said, like there's things that pop up and you're like, oh, okay. There are solutions that are, you know, there are opportunities to be made. Yeah. And I think like, besides that, I think the second thing after you have an idea is make is validating it with who would be using your solution to make sure that it's a solution that is viable. And, you know, also researching your competitors, is this solution already on the market? Can you make it better? How can you reiterate it to make it 
you know, the better solution. I'm not saying just because you have any competitor doesn't mean that you shouldn't do what your idea is. Um, in, Absolutely. you know, my competitive edge will say like, yeah, just because you have a competitor, you just have to be the better one. <laughs> you just have to create the better solution. Um, right. I mean, I'm always like collaboration over um, competition because I think there's space for all of us. Um but at the same time, you know, do the due diligence of studying the landscape of whatever you want to get into. But I highly recommend more and more nurses to get into entrepreneurship, leadership, all these places, all these industries need more nurses to show up because then that's how we can better serve our community. Wow. I hope you guys are been, have been paying attention to this episode because it's been amazing. It's been amazing talking to you, Emily. It's been absolutely inspiring, um, to learn about your journey and also like learn about the possibilities. I mean, like you're basically calling upon all of us to look within and find the possibilities within us and do the things that we want to do. You know, um, if it's travel nursing, if it's starting a business, like just do it. Yeah. And I think so often, you know, in school, they teach you bedside nursing or staff nursing forever for the rest of your life. I think that's such a false reality that we're fed in school that you do your one job for the rest of your life. Like, I don't think that's sustainable or really that viable. It's like, we are people outside of nurses. We have other passions and goals and it's okay to pursue them. And I'm such a big proponent. to almost like detaching from your nurse, from your nursing identity to figure out who you are outside of being a nurse, because what's the first thing people say when they're like, Oh, introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Emily. I'm a critical care nurse. And there's a lot of pride that comes with that, but I'm also a human first, like I said before in the beginning. And I think that there's so much, you know, personal work to detach from our identities as nurses to really find out what also lights your fire besides nursing. It's okay if you have other passions. And I think it's really healthy for us to detach a little from that identity and really figure out what else lights our soul up. Listen, when you come back to Seattle, we have got to go have beers. I am serious. <laughs> I'm so stoked. Yes, let's I went, do it. I, I went outside of nursing. I stayed in nursing, but I went outside to do a lot of interpersonal work and also coaching and like the into this realm of like business, entrepreneurship, like space, mm -hmm. which I don't talk about very much with anybody really. Um, but um, I, I just, I, I recognize and and relate to so much of what you've talked about because, um, you know, there are a lot of the same struggles and battles about like, you know, trying to start something and, and, and failing fast and also looking out and seeing what else is out there and seeing what your competition is. And, um, and I, one thing I want to say about when I started this podcast, I'm not, I don't, this I want to stop talking about myself in one second, but I looked outside and I was like, there's so, there's so many nursing podcasts. I was like, I can't start a nursing podcast, you know, but like everybody's voice is different and yes. it's totally possible and there's space and room for you. So exactly. Um, and your story and will resonate differently than other people. Totally. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, any closing thoughts for the show? 
I'm just really grateful for this time to talk with you. And I am very excited to get back to Seattle and we can definitely hang out in person, um, go on a hike, get some beers, but hmm, closing thoughts for the show. I just really hope that whatever is sitting on your heart, like no matter what it is, whether it's switching your um, pathway in nursing or trying a business venture or trying travel nursing, I just really hope that the fear of whatever those what ifs don't overcome your courage to want to try something for yourself. And, you know, you might not know the outcome. We don't know the outcome of every anything. You know, we, we like to think that we do. We like to think <laughs> that we can plan for things in the future. But as COVID has shown us, like you really can't plan for anything as much as you want to. Things are just going to happen the way that they do. And I think that loss of control and uncertainty is really scary, but it's also something to embrace. And it's really beautiful because there are things that we don't plan for that happen to us. And we're like, wow, that was so much better than what I could have even imagined. And I think we owe it to ourselves to, to discover that. Oh yeah. Yeah, we do. You guys, you heard it first. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it from Emily. Listen, yes, we do owe it to ourselves. Um, So thank you so much, Emily. Um, I want to just do a little plug before I sign off, but um, go follow Emily on Instagram at everevolvingm. Did I say that right? That's what it is, yeah. And then also check out the MedVenture app. Go download it, join it. Um, I'm, I'm going to. I'm so excited. Um, and thank you so much for being on the show, for offering just an amazing time to be inspired truthfully, um, and get excited. I think we lack that sometimes in healthcare. And, um, like I said before, the future is bright. It can feel so bleak, but right. Actually it can be so bright. So, um, I'm going to, close out like I always do and say stay safe and stay sane and I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Thanks. Emily. (laughs) That was so great. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave an honest review on whatever platform you are listening. Also, feel free to share this with your nursing colleagues. If you'd like to email me, you can do so at founddownpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send in any stories. Just make sure they're HIPAA compliant. Also, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at founddownpodcast. We'll see you on the next one.